Now go ahead and talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up there, jerk? Go fuck yourself. Oh, now, I got a person just walked by as I said that. Of course they so did. I just, I just started something. It's like, oh, you go, go fuck your mother. All right. <laughs> You're going to run in a and bed. He kind of looks like Andy. He kind of looks like Andy Warhol. <laughs> well, if you're going to tell anyone to go fuck themselves, that's probably the best looking person <laughs> to do it to, unless they're like some crazy, there's some crazy person that just looks that way on purpose. So people tell them to go fuck themselves and then they can go beat that person up. Cause like they're secret tough guys. You know what I mean? I don't think Andy Warhol ever <laughs> told anyone directly to go fuck themselves. He probably had like an assistant pass along a note that said, go fuck yourself. I'm sure Andy Warhol told somebody to go fuck themselves. I mean, everybody tells somebody at some point to go fuck themselves. That's life, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and he's kind of, he's a narcissist, so likely yes. he told yeah. people to go fuck themselves. So, Sean, But I don't think he was a... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, sorry. you go ahead. I go, you go ahead. I'm just riffing. I'm just riffing. I should stop riffing. No, don't stop. That's the whole point of the podcast. Don't stop. Well, I was just going to ask Sean, I was going to ask both of you in your real lives, who are the last, who was, who's the last person you told to go fuck themselves? Ooh, uh, definitely my ex-wife. Oh, okay. All right. Probably get... as early as today. Okay. I won't, get, I won't get too far into that. Okay. So, so <laughs> as, as for you, Jeff, who was the last person you told to go fuck yourself? I, uh, boy, I don't know. I don't say Christmas uh yes but i meant it like hey let's go fuck yourself what like in a horny so, way <laughs> yes that's how i'm twisting this <laughs> all right it's it's kind of like when you know the difference between fuck you and fuck you when fuck you becomes fuck you yeah now explain the differences to me uh jeffrey this is interesting <laughs> i'd like to i'd like to hear the differences of your fuck you or, well, one is, you know, fuck you, fuck off, as we're already discussing. Yes, yes, the yes. The other is like, uh, you know, not fuck you as in to make love, uh, uh, a you know, a, a tough make love. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't, is that how we describe a fuck, a tough make love? <laughs> a tough make love. Uh, we make tough make love. Yes, that's how, that's, how, that's how a Russian guy would describe it, too. Is, you know, that's how we do it in Russia. In my it's neighborhood, that's called a Shawshank. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So that's interesting. So we're talking to the, the fun, the fun boys from ghost planet, uh, <laughs> Sean Von Gorman of comics Hello. and, uh, and Jeffrey Brandt Brandt. Did I pronounce that right? You're uh, the best. Uh, there's a little you in there. So it's Burant, but oh, otherwise. Okay. Yeah. All right. So very we're, talk good, though. We're, we're talking to the ghost planet boys and we're very excited about that. Uh, welcome to word bros. You guys are both New York city born and raised like Neil diamond, right? I am, but uh, don't <laughs> don't tell anybody. Jeff's from Texas. Oh, That's right. Okay. That's so, right. Um, moved to Brooklyn uh, 19 years ago. Oh wow! 2003. Okay. okay. From Austin, Texas. 
Okay, so you were like in, so you left one kind of cool place and went to another cool place. It's not like you lived in some yes. bumfuck Texas town and then moved to New York City. Right. You well, know, like I grew up in a in a giant in the giant suburb of Dallas uh, called Plano, Texas. Okay, and then the cool kids went to Austin, like, uh, and then and then and then like I had so many friends. Then there's a basically a train from Austin to Brooklyn, you know. Uh-huh. And so now you're now you're part of the Brooklyn scene. You guys are both Brooklyn boys, right? That's right. And you guys are both going to be at a Baltimore Comic Con. Yes, yes. Absolutely. We are going to be official guests this year. Ooh, listen to that. Big, big shit coming out of Brooklyn, son. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's all due to uh, our friend Dean Haskell. He's very kind and, and helps us uh, every way he can. And, uh, so we'll be sharing a table with him, and it's pretty exciting. And well, Whitney sure, Matheson. I'm sure it helps that you guys are super charming and talented, too. Like, let's not take away from that aspect of it right for sure <laughs> yeah give yourself some credit That's all. yeah thank you i appreciate that no problem and people don't talk about this enough but dean's in pretty good physical condition yeah so what are you implying like he's going to run from brooklyn to new york and as like in like a triathlon or something like he's he's in good shape. like what do you mean by that well, well he, he he's might, he might get down his, his shirt <laughs> really he, he does like to show off so he's gonna be like one of those guys in the biggie smalls video like doing just pull-ups on his on his uh on the street lights around there like they do in brooklyn i think it's more it's when the shirt's <laughs> off you know it's party time all right he's one of those I dudes ac- i actually saw that happening a few sundays ago on a corner near me guy it's doing in, pull-ups on the it, on the stoplight it's in the biggie smalls video so i know it really happened you know way back in the day <laughs> So, so you're sure. saying you're saying that this dude is like the situation of comics, like when things start to get pumped and he takes the shirt off and starts just going to town. Dean Haspiel is a tastemaker and a kingmaker. Why are we spending? Nice wait, why are we spending so much time talking about this dude? Or what should we be talking about Ghost Planet? Well, I always tag That's Dean true. whenever we do a name drop so that he listens to it. So okay. there'll be at least one more yeah. listener. For- <laughs> nice way to go, Sean. That's why you make the big bucks. Yeah, we're, we want to get him to buy a copy of Ghost Planet. <laughs> I mean, he should because the book looks killer. Thank you. So um, issue one is out, right? It's like officially out in shops and stuff. When does the, this come the out? Ashcan, the, the, the Ashcan is uh, in stores now. Uh, so okay. there's a preview Ashcan. Uh, the, uh, the first, the it's a one shot is coming out on October 19th. Uh, Ooh, we're okay. heading into the final order cutoff, which we've been doing a big push uh, to let people know that, you know, get to your comic store, let I've seen that. the store know you need this. Yeah, going all out, making sort all sorts of quirky videos. Yeah, you're uh, like, now you are you all over TikTok, Sean? Like, is that your jam? Are you doing that? Like, is that your thing? I'm more of an Instagram guy, but, you know, Instagram is trying to get you to live a tiktok lifestyle on their but, platform but i don't wanna <laughs> i'm slowly i'm slowly dipping my toe into these other things um i recently got on to um i'm now an approved seller on whatnot what? as of yesterday um i'm on i'm, I'm also an artist on zest world so i'm taking uh all of my commissions through zest world right now and we're talking to them about bringing uh, a project 
um, to publish on that platform uh, that that Joe and Esposito and I are doing. Okay. They're still working out the, the bugs. Uh, we're trying to figure out how it works when you have two separate profiles and putting out one ah. book, but they're being very supportive. They've seen what we're doing and great communication, and they're working to try and make something that will work for us. So we're okay. very excited to possibly dip our toe in that, um, but it's something we've been very excited about. We might be bringing it to that platform very soon. Interesting. Now, this is what we were talking about earlier, Jeffrey, before you showed up. Now, do you go by Jeffrey uh, or You can Jeff? call me Jeff. Okay, you can call me Jeff. All right, so Jeff, we were talking about this. Like, sometimes I feel like as creators, we're doing all this stuff. We're making all this stuff. We're promoting all these things. And like, no one gives a fuck. Like, how do you, how do you stay motivated to do these things? Well, I guess I make stuff like regularly, but not uh, a ton. I mean, I get published re regularly. So any, it's always about finishing things and those things can be short. Uh -huh. And then I get excited about showing them off. I want to show them off. It's a part of the drive. Um, it's a part of the motor. Uh, but I would like I'm getting to the point where I like I want to stop. See, I don't have, my bandwidth is so much more narrow right now. And so I'm just spending too much time on front office stuff instead of getting to like work on uh, scripts and outlines and stuff as much now, as I would want. Now define front office stuff. What does that mean? Like what's, what's your term of front office stuff? What is that? I guess, you know, signing up for accounts and emailing everybody and creating email lists and um uh, do all the interacting if doing kick running kickstarters yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or doing all the print stuff um all of that and because you know it's there's small enough projects where you know i'm doing my own accounting uh everything like that and that's what takes up the little free time i have um after after make some after making something because well, there's so, so much there's so much that goes into this like people who get into comics especially on like because we're all with scout like we've done a book with scout like kevin and i were working on yeah. some we're working on some stuff for some other people but i think we're all kind of on the same level like i don't think people understand the the number of plates that we're spinning any given day or the number of yeah. different hats that we all wear you know but like if you were doing a book for like a proper company, there would be a full team of people handling these types of things, whereas it's just you or yeah. you and your buddy. And God forbid, if you're running a Kickstarter, then you're doing everything. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be oppressive to think about sometimes. Like I need to run a Kickstarter for something and I don't want to run a Kickstarter for something. <laughs> now, is that you speaking from experience, Jeff, like there are books that you want to kickstart, but you, you're apprehensive to do it? Yes, I, I have finished things. I have, you know, that's kind of the way I operate. I try to finish things and then I figure I'll pitch it around. If no one wants it, then I'll try direct to customers. Yeah, see, we're still trying to figure that out too. Like Kevin and I, like we we waver and we waffle on how we want to do this. Like sometimes we have that real like gung ho, fuck them all. 
Like, let's just make the stuff we want to make. And if publishers want it, cool. But then I think we realize that we have to go to Kickstarter for every one of these projects. And it's like, I wish we could just find a publisher that would pay people to do this for us. So it's just like, so it's, 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 a, sure. it's a very, it's a very weird kind of feeling and place to kind of find yourself in because you don't, you don't want your creativity or your projects to be gate kept, but in order, yes. but in order for you not to have to do fucking everything you need to be printing logistics. Yeah. yeah printing logistics. So that's yeah. amazing. Uh, and scout has been, uh, great at that, I think. And that, and, uh, uh, and then just the direct market ties. And then also Scout, I mean, they've seemed to have really uh, grown during the lockdowns because they beefed up their direct to customer service. So, you know, um, yeah, that was what was exciting for, uh, for us to go with Scout anyhow, I think. That's cool. Now, Sean, you've been doing this for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's been, I think it's been about a little over 10 years now. Yeah, if I'm doing my math right, I think I started. Uh, I think I started professionally uh, back in 2012. I consider, I consider my official start at Mocha Fest 2012. That's where I met most of most of my oldest comic friends. I met at that show. I think I think Jeff and I initially met at that show. Uh, I met Amy Chu, uh, Todd and I. Uh, my, my my uh, one of my other writing partners, Todd Hunt, and I. That was like our first show where we really hit the ground running. Of like, here we are. You're gonna notice us because I'm gonna do straightjack escapes every 30 minutes at this show <laughs> for that two days because we got it into our heads. We were doing this book about Harry Houdini, so I, I think this goes. Wasn't back Wasn't that to, with like Monkey Brain or some shit? No, that that was with um, Alterna. Originally. okay 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 so so that i think this, this goes back to how do we do all of the behind the, the scenes things i think it's yeah. important to have a partner that's reliable that you trust um that you know if there's everyone has different skill sets if your partner has a stronger skill set in some things you can you can like carry the load a little bit you can keep each other on track but i think for me it's i always do things that interest me and drive me so I, I make sure that if i am making videos or i'm doing something to promote the the work i'm doing i make sure it's something that's going to be interesting that will drive me you know as an artist and as a performer and back in those days it somehow got into my head that you know we were coming onto this no one knew who who we were so we figured we had to do crazy weird stunts like chaining myself to comic stores or lighting myself on fire uh, uh being burnt at the stake in salem massachusetts in front of a comic shop doing straightjacked escapes somehow i was like we got to do this or else no one's going to care about what we're doing and it took me a long time to learn that that wasn't necessarily the case but it certainly made that first year a lot more fun and exciting because so, no one was doing this uh, okay all right all right all right I, there's a lot to digest there um, the idea of you doing straight jacket escapes and things of that nature, like that's just because of the nature of the book you were working on at the time. And you were just so desperate for attention that you were willing to do whatever it took. I think it, it I think we got that particular idea because um, we were doing a book about Harry Houdini. So we, 
you know, that was something that that Harry Houdini would do. He would go roll up into a town and he would do this big public stunt uh, to drive people to come to his shows. So we thought, what a great idea. So what if we could do something that could lend itself to this iconic character that we're, you know, basing our project off of to give people like a little taste of what it was like to experience this because you know you're in the room this is happening if you go to a comic show you know it's it's people sitting at tables some people you know don't want to be there some people are just very socially awkward so you're sitting there for a day eating uh crappy chicken fingers under fluorescent light with gray walls with people be like you you know you you should work on iron man like cool thank you i'll I'll work on that Uh, (laughs) we just thought it'd be more interesting to do something that would be exciting and something that would, you know, get our juices going. And that, and that was, and that was, uh, you know, how we got a lot of signings initially. We would reach out to shops and like, Hey, we do this thing. Why don't you come? I'm going to set myself on fire. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what we did for Salem, Massachusetts, because we were, I was going on tour up in Boston and Alterna was like, Oh, you should, do Harrison's in Salem. They're a great shop. And like, what I'm going to do at that shop, I'm like, I know I'm going to call them up and tell them I'm going to burn myself at the stake outside. So now here's me calling, I think his name is Larry, the owner of the shop. Hey, this is Shoman Gorman of comics. Uh, here's what we want to do. Uh, we want to do the stunt where we burn me outside the, the store. I have to escape from bondage before I get set on fire. And then, you know, I throw in some lies in there. We're professional stuntmen. We do this all the time. And, and, uh, it's a terrible idea. The, the, this is, this is the best ending of a phone call ever where the owner was like, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. If you die, we sell more books. We're insured. And I was like, <laughs> so that's a yes. So, so if I may interject here real quick. So, and just this, I think this shows how Sean and I get along together and, and work together well for the promotional aspects too and the creation aspects. So 2012, the same time, the same mocha, I'm in a sci-fi rock band. We are throwing like comic, we're doing, you know, live comic book shows where we're projecting comics behind us and doing like, I don't know, similar things as Sean, but from a different perspective, because I was also self-publishing the sci- the adventures of our, the sci-fi adventures of my real life band. So I was at MoCA. I'm with you know CDs and T-shirts and vinyl and comics um, and uh, you know and I don't know. It just I think we come from similar mindsets of like of uh, making performance a part of uh, making comics. No, I mean I th- I think I think it has to. There was a time where you know during um uh kickstarters where kevin and i would just go on facebook live and just talk to our facebook audiences and kevin would eat hot food like kevin would kevin kevin would kevin would eat like a like a ghost chili pepper for pledges and he'd say all right like we would basically treat it like the jerry lewis telethon for those of you that are old enough to remember like kevin or only fan yeah or oh yeah exactly (laughs) kevin would basically say like okay if we get four pledges while we're on this stream, I'll eat a fucking Carolina Reaper pepper and people would do it and he would have to eat hot food. It was real dumb. But I mean, it was it was just like you said, you're just so desperate for anyone to give a shit about what you're doing that you would stoop to kind of any low. 
you know, and and the conversation from the comic book store guy, like, yeah, that makes sense. But that's that's the that's what has to happen in order for this guy to move copies of your book. You have to die <laughs> a terrible and tragic death. And then maybe some people will give a shit. I don't know. You know, Jim, what I mean? you know Jim Lee's not doing I, this. You know, something Jim Lee else doesn't that have works. to. You know what? Something else that works. Just put on your flyer free beer. You will get people. <laughs> you will get people in that comic book store. And they uh, people will buy stuff at that comic book store. It's like the this joke from the free pie and punch from the South Park movie. But yeah, so you guys are doing your thing. You guys are making your books. You guys are making shit happen. Like I'm really, I'm really excited for you. And it seems like it's going rather well. Like Sean, you're not having to set yourself on fire anymore, so that's good. Well, uh, I think part of it was that aspect of you know that was very popular for a while. Uh, I would, my MO would be, I would go and find people I respected and admired. And I would be like, hi, my name is Sean Gorman. Uh, I make comics. Uh, I also, I'm, a, a, I'm doing this book about Harry Houdini. Would you like to put me in a straitjacket? And no one ever said no. Uh, I think the only person who said no was Starenko because he didn't want to like have our, uh, have our products touched because he didn't want to like be seen with like holding the picture of the book, whatever. Um, but you know, like people like Mike Allred, uh, all all the time, people would say yes, and then we would become friends right afterwards. So that was always that was always the fun part. But then it became an expectation. Yeah. Like at one point, an organizer was like, "Hey, Sean, you're gonna do your thing today?" And I'm like, "Oh, I gotta stop doing that. I'm never doing that again." And also, and also, um, a few years ago, Heather Antos kind of pulled me aside, and and, and she's like, "Sean." I love you. I love this, but I think this might be scaring off editors. <laughs> See, but you say that you say that, right? And I, she's an editor, so I'm not going to. But at some point, don't you have to do stuff to get yourself noticed? There is a there is a balance, but then I did do that stuff, and then this kind of became an icebreaker years later, where we would just be talking at shows. And I would be mentioning this and like, wait a second, you're the straight jacket guy where it's that. Aspect well, that's of kind of us. That's kind of, I like, I remember you. I'm not sure if we actually like shook hands and exchanged names at that mocha. I just remember you. And then a couple of years later, we're, you know, in the same room and talking and that memory was there. And well, I think actually, that came up. <laughs> well, actually, we, we definitely met at that mocha because that was our first show. So what we did was we introduced ourselves to every single person. Sure. Okay. Show. Sure. We yeah, went yeah. to every single table. God, that's exhausting. It, yeah. it, it, it was, but you know, we were we felt we had to catch up. We had to, you know, make make a name for ourselves, get ourselves in there, and we collected cards. We were very friendly with everybody. And we made a whole bunch of friends, especially, I think my favorite part of that mocha was my mom had come out to the show and we were doing our thing. Sean, take off that street jacket, you weirdo. Oh, well, no, but, but, but she was walking around and like. That's my I, son. I'm so proud of him. Well, well, the thing started and she heard like people starting to talk shit like, oh, this fucking guy again. And she was very proud at that moment that people were like talking shit over this thing I was doing. That was making them like, oh man, everyone's leaving our table. They're going to see this fucking shit again. And I was like, and and she, and she mentioned that to, to to me afterwards. She was like, 
So I think you're probably doing well because you're making lots of people mad. All right. So sounds mom, mom rocks. Yeah. All right. That sounds fun. She's played drums in a, we played a, a rock song together, all live together where uh, Sean's mom was on drums. It was pretty awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, on drum, Sean's mom. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was my college band. It, it was me and my buddy, Sal 5000. We would do, you know, this weird set where we would come on as this like folk duo. And then halfway through, we'd be like, hey, so we have a very special guest. We'd like to come up and play drums for us. My mom, ladies and gentlemen. And people would just lose their fucking minds. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. They'd be like, oh, what? They're not knowing what to do. And then she would start start going. And my mom's really good. And they're like, yeah, Sean's mom. All right. Yeah, that, that was actually, that was that was for Dean. We did, um, we were asked to do, uh, write a song for the Bushwick Book Club. Uh, about you know, it was a Red Hook theme night of Dean's uh, project Red Hook that he was doing for for webtoons. Uh-huh. So I I wasn't familiar with with what this was. It's like a small room in the back of a bar in Brooklyn. You know, people with maybe a piano or like a violin, maybe an acoustic. Yeah, lots guitar. of jazz, lots of three pieces there and stuff. We show up full band, two guitars bass drums in this tiny room and it's this is park slope so people bring their kids to this there's like the whole first row are children and it's a tin roof so the sound just just bounced off the walls and before we go i lean over to like the adults with the children i was like hey um just just be careful we're gonna get really loud and i'm afraid we're gonna melt your children and and i was like oh they're fine they love this they love having their socks rocked off. Now play just, the song, well, Sean were, Von Gorman. We there were actually like babies there or toddlers. It was like, it, it seemed, I don't know, it was bizarre, but sure. This whole thing is bizarre. I, like when I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know when I lost control of this interview and what is happening here, <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm interviewing the guys from Jackass and not two dudes who do comics for a living. It's very odd, but it just seems like this is what, when you're starting out and you're trying to make your way and make your name, it's like, this is, these are the kind of things you have to do, right? Like we all, we're all carnival barkers to some extent. We have to be. It's yeah. Important, it's important to say yes to everything um, as much as you can, uh, because you never know what will happen. Like when I started doing the straight jacket thing, um, that led me to down a path where I ended up opening for Amanda Palmer for, um, for her uh, big Kickstarter party a couple years ago, so that, that's cool. So I, w- I was friendly. Uh, I was friendly with Neil Gaiman at the time, and I had heard about the party. So I oh, hang on, him. I just I hurt you hurt my foot from dropping <laughs> from dropping all these names, bro. Well, it's a good story to go with it. <laughs> well, let me let's hear it. All right. So so Neil had known I was doing like this escape stuff. He had retweeted uh, like a bleeding cool article about me saying I was going to chain myself outside of Forbidden Planet. So he um, had a very big hand in making this a legitimate thing that I had to, had to do because it became comics press news and reporters are coming down to, to do these things. Uh, Amanda Palmer uh, ran a very successful Kickstarter a number of years ago to fund her album Theater is Evil. So they had this big party to go with it where they had a bunch of acts come down I was one of these acts because uh, I hit up Neil. I was like, hey, so 
um, what's the dress code for this thing? Because I heard about the party. And then he writes back, uh, black tie, straight jacket. Like, oh, oh, this is, this is happening. So he had like an assistant reach out to me. I show up. And this was the strangest thing. This was a bohemian, strange party that erupted in the parking lot of a Lowe's in Gowanus, Brooklyn. And there were fire breathers. There's people on stilts. Amanda and her band are in this fishbowl doing this weird interpretive art thing. And then it just vanishes. It just ends. And everyone goes their separate ways. The party explodes. Go. Everyone's like, it's like someone called the cops in that scene, West Side Story, because everyone's going a different direction. And in, in, in this sea of people, Neil appears and he hands me, he, he puts something in my hand and I look down and I look up, he vanishes. And I look in my hand and there's this small orange uh, water gun. And I'm just like, what, what the fuck just happened? And then I made my way to the after party and I find Neil and I was like, Neil, what, what did you have in mind for this water gun? And he goes, well, I was standing there and someone said, you need this. And then I saw you and I said, Sean needs this more. I still, I still have it to this day. It was such a strange night. It sounds like there was just like a burning man in a Lowe's parking lot and then it magically I, disappeared. I could walk to that Lowe's in two minutes. <laughs> right by if you house. go there now, is there going to be like a weird like freak show going on or something? Yes, yes, there is. I'm really disappointed because I lived in this apartment for 19 years, so I was across the street then and had no idea Neil Gaiman and Sean von Gorman were there. I mean, yeah. So where did you get the? Uh, this is the I can't. I've never asked anyone a, the question like this before, and I've been doing interviews now for almost <laughs> 20 years. But where did you get the straight jacket? The internet. So you just Google and how did you figure out how to get out of the straight jacket? Um, that was just practice. Uh, lots of, lot, lots of e-how videos at the time. Uh, YouTube. <laughs> I had two toddlers at the time. So my oldest son would have been, oh, wow. So he would have been four or five at the time. I had yeah. like trained him to learn how to put me in the straight jacket. And then I would... <laughs> How did CPS not show up at your house? (laughs) Well, that's another story. (laughs) That was for an unrelated event. But I figured this was, I was very into Batman at the time. So I figured this would be like a good Robin training type of thing. Uh And then also gave me more motivation because then I had to get out of the straitjacket to care for the children. So how long did it take you to get out of the straitjacket the first time? Oh, I don't know. It made probably a half hour. Oh, wow. There was one point where... Like, at what point in that did you regret doing... Like, was there, like, how... I got to... Someone call the police. Like, how is this going to happen? I think with a straitjacket, it was fine. Um, It got worse when I started playing with handcuffs. Because those were a lot harder to get out of. Okay. So there was one point where (laughs) I got really cocky during this first year or, or, or these all of these amazing stories are from my first year of comics which did not set me up for a realistic life working in comics because all of these magical things were happening we were we were meeting the then head of disney pictures he was putting us in meetings with 
the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. You know, we're just like, oh, this is just how you do this. And, you know, the, 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 the second year was, was a dry spell. Um, but I got, there was one particular time after a show, it must have been New York Comic Con, at like the after party at like Dave and Buster's or something where I got a couple of drinks in me and I'm like, all right, I'm Sean Von Gorman. I'm really in drinking my own fucking Kool-Aid that night. And who wants to see me break out some handcuffs? I'm like, oh shit, I can't get out of these. And I had to like cause a distraction where like people like had to like look away for a second. And I had to like, took me an extra couple minutes and then, you know, eventually got out but it was really really close where there was like a hot minute where i wasn't getting out of those <laughs> sounds like an episode of the office or something that michael would do to try to impress the people actually you know what i think that is i think he did put himself in handcuffs and couldn't get out so yeah it, so. it was a full straight jacket and chains and you know what the, the office really borrowed a lot from life and that's why it holds up so well yeah so let's talk about so that was year one. Let's talk about year ten, where you have your book coming out, um, uh, Lost Planet. Did I get the name of that right? I had it. Did I get Ghost, Ghost Planet. Planet? Ghost Planet. So let's talk about <laughs> Ghost Planet. What is what is this Ghost Planet you speak of? <laughs> well, so uh, I had it was a title first sort of thing. Um, which uh, you know, Ghost Planet. Those are, is... those are always fun. Title first. Yeah, I don't know. I work like that a lot. I feel like, or it all just comes of a piece all at once in ways like title, premise. I don't know. Um, and so, but this was not that. This was just a name that in like in college that I wrote down probably after being stoned and drunk and watching uh, uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast the night before. Okay, and then the. And then the next day going like Ghost Planet, that would be a good name for like a pulp novel. So I drew this picture of what that would look like, uh, which is the planet with the skull uh, as a continent and, you know, tried to write Ghost Planet and, uh, and just kind of drew what the book would look like. And then years later, and then so I moved to Brooklyn to uh, I received my MFA in fiction writing from Brooklyn College. Nice. And so I was writing lots. Of, I was writing lots of prose. And um, I had been working on, I started to write, I had come up with the premise of Ghost Planet finally, um, which is sort of like, uh, I, I prefer sci-fi, say, to fantasy. So um, uh, I, to come up with a, a kind of a scientific explanation for why a group of people would be seeing ghosts that are, uh, you know, trying to compel them to do things. Uh -huh. um and so and that was and then, then that was it that was kind of the hinge and then it was you know and it happened it was also i wanted to be i don't i was just basing it up for, for whatever reason I, I have a handful of korean american friends and had some exposure to them and their families and so just i you know i made it uh, a korean family in space uh and then that was it and then so i had written some of that pro short story uh, and then years later, again, after Sean and I had done several shorts together and and built some pitches together, uh, we were working, we were about to start production on this one thing. And then all of a sudden Webtoons has a contest. Uh, and this is right at, right at shutdown. Like the, con the contest probably launched the week before shutdown in 2020, in March of 2020 in New York. Um, and so... 
I called or emailed Sean and said, let's pivot, you know, one of the, it was the submit, it had, it was going to be, had to be four chapters of however many panels, which, uh, you know, we worked out to 10 a chapter. Um, and then, uh, well, that's not so bad. I, Right. And so I was, we were able, we just went and we just started making the comic. I wrote the script. I, you know, I didn't have a, I, I was probably, you know, writing chapter three when he was finishing chapter one. And then we were submitting every Friday. Uh, and then, um, and then we stumbled at the end because Webtoons shut us down because of um, our naked corpse they saw our uh, Sean had used a lamp to cover his junk, his junk, uh, which you're allowed in webtoons to cover nudity with natural uh, things like uh, smoke over boobs, say. Uh -huh. um, yeah, uh, but um, but you can't do a sensor bar. You like that's uh -huh. the line they draw. So they saw the autopsy lamp because it was rectangular. They interpreted uh -huh. that as a sensor bar. Interesting. Interesting. And and took our all whole, the whole comic down wow. uh, before, right before the final uh, uh, the final submission. But so we finished it anyway, and and then pitched it around as a finished product uh, at forty pages. And, and, and this isn't just line art. This was me doing line art, coloring it, and lettering it in this time. And then and, and then cutting just... it up and cutting it up to webtoons. You know, we created it with an eye towards webtoons. That's why you see so many vertical oriented panels. Like if it's a six panel page they're all going to be vertically oriented that's you know, interesting that pattern. webtoons yeah. webtoons is an interesting challenge because i mean i've had some friends that have worked on webtoons and it's just like the pace that they have to do the webtoons it's 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 exhausting we actually we actually watched a lot of uh, uh walter's videos uh, yeah when we were that's, when we yeah, were trying true. to wrap our mind around it and mm -hmm. um he does he has a bunch of really fantastic uh, very easy to understand videos on, you know, how to do certain things. And he has a lot of videos on how you do webtoon stuff. And that was a real help. Um, us trying to wrap our head around it. Uh, and yeah, I think it was just an unprecedented time where we found ourselves, you know, kind of at home, kind of fearful about the future, um, confused about how that we were going to do this moving forward because we, you know, of course, conventions aren't going to exist anymore, at least for a significant amount of time. So we just kind of had this moment where we could really just focus on our art for a little bit and just really push ourselves and everything about this was a departure. And we're both very proud of, of what we did um, in terms of, because we, I think it was like, what was it 40 days? Uh, no, 30 days to, and we put out a completed, 40 page book wow, in 40 crazy. days just the two of us that's crazy and yeah. and it, it, we're very private so we walked away with you know a number we both worked on a bunch of different projects during this time and you know leveled up our our skill set in a big way i took uh, online classes at the cooper school i took a fantastic inking class with joe prado that really uh boosted up my levels so a lot of people have been commenting on me coming back in 2022 or 2021, 2022, after doing this for 10 years, uh, the, the art I was making back in 2012 is completely different than the stuff that I'm doing now, just in terms of 
how much I've pushed myself as, as an artist since then and just learning um, while doing comics and you know, meeting, meeting fantastic creators, doing this, learning from others and seeing how other people work and getting advice from other people and just learning as much as, as you can um, and just never being satisfied with what you're doing. Yeah. No, it makes sense, man. It, it took you like 10 years to become like an overnight success. You know what I mean? It's so odd how that happens sometimes, you know? One day I will have my Ringo too. Well, I mean, at this point now, they're just giving him to anybody. If, we're, if Kevin, and, <laughs> if Kevin, I, Walter, Chaz, and myself win one, I mean, you know, it's uh, that was a wonderful day for us. And I'm still in shock to at times that we won. And speaking of Chaz, congrats on the Lower Your Sights anthology. Yeah, I'm really excited. Are you in that too? I am in that as well. Yeah, Chaz is a good dude, man. Like, um, he wanted us to do a, a piece for that. And Kevin cooked up a really cool idea that we worked on. And here we are. So we're in the Lower Your Sights anthology, which is nice. It's just, in stores a, now. It is. I mean, it is. It's, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, man. It's just, and it's just nice to do something positive and it's amazing uh you know that that's such a huge undertaking to do any anthology but to get something together that looks this polished um uh, i i know in, months, I, in like mere months yeah i think the call went out in like april <laughs> and it's in stores today uh that's yeah. that's insane and <laughs> And uh, we're, we're, everyone I interacted with at Mad Cave were were wonderful and fantastic. Uh, Chaz, in particular, yeah, I love Chaz. Um, I know, I know you guys. Uh, you guys really uh, spoke highly of him uh, when we were chatting at Heroes Con, and uh, yeah, uh, big ups to, to him on his uh, his new role at Mad Cave. I think they're going to be doing some really fantastic stuff in the near yeah. future. Yeah, Chaz is our boy, man. Like, he's just a good editor. He's an honest guy. Like, there's there's people that you know you can trust that are going to give you their real opinions about your work. And Chaz has always been that dude. And, you know, I'm happy that, that he's on our side, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I would, I would work with Chaz in a second. Yeah. He's awesome. He's a good guy. Good guy. Good guy. So Chaz, uh, if you're listening, I'll be shaking your tree very soon. <laughs> you might as well, dude, but yeah. <laughs> so ghost planet will be out in October. The covers look beautiful. You guys have a really cool book here, man. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we are. We're very proud to kind of get this out. Uh, we've had some great response from the comic shops that we've uh, sent preview copies to who are, you know, saying we really love what you're doing. We're going to support what you do. And as comic creators, that's really as much as you can do because the retailers at local comic shops are the lifeblood of your book. Yeah, uh, they're they're the people selling your book. They're they're your first source of recommendation to people who maybe might like your book, yeah. have never heard of you, and it's it's great to have this kind of response. And we're very excited. We've got a, a number of of tour dates booked already. We're doing a, a small tour. Um, I think we're at five states right now. We'll, we'll be announcing dates soon. But that's we'll, awesome. We're gonna be we're gonna be premiering at New York Comic Con. Uh, with uh, with a variant uh, for New York Comic Con, um, and then we'll be at Baltimore uh, pushing product. Noise. See and, you uh, there. Absolutely. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like I I I cannot wait for Sean and I to be at a table all day together at New York Comic Con. Actually, I think it's going to be really fun. 
Oh yeah, I have a I have a blueprint of uh, my, my my helmet uh, arrives tomorrow. Yeah, I've got a really cool idea for our table <laughs> uh, display. I've got a, a little map of it worked out right. I think our table is going to look so sick at New York Comic Con. I've got some I love really the fact, weird. I ideas. love the fact that there's a blueprint. It's a table, like it's it's eight by <laughs> it's eight by six, bro. You can only do so much. I disagree. <laughs> I think if if you're a creative individual uh, like 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 Jeff and myself. Uh, we don't see the world the same way as as a lot of people. Uh -huh. So we like to solve problems in a really weird roundabout way. And sometimes that leads us on journeys that brings us to for some really cool fucking shit. We don't care what the municipalities have to say about it or like if a convention has any rules, you know, that's we're artists. I mean, I, I'm curious to see what Reed Pop thinks about all this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We've already taken care of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, so you guys are doing, you're doing New York, you're doing Baltimore. You Are you coming to Ohio? You should come to Cincinnati. You know, we kind of talked about that recently, that Ohio is not that far. It's really not. I mean, it's far, but it's not too far. Yeah. I think, I think for any, if any, if any retailers want us there, we will make every effort to get down there. If there are any shops um, who like what we're doing, who are digging our vibe, we're happy to come down and bring some of this down to your shop That's and awesome, share with man. your customers. That's really cool. So we'll make every yeah. effort. If if they're if they're able to help us out with, with travel, I can definitely uh, be a little more flexible um, and definitely get down there. Um, for any, again, any shop who wants the Shoman Gorman experience, I will bring it to you. All right. The showman Gorman. Show, showman Gorman. And if I can, I, I can send a lovely uh, cardboard cutout of myself with a QR code with, with my website on there, which uh, Jeff will be bringing to certain uh, uh, signings coming up that I won't that or have previous engagements for. I think uh, you'll be able to meet my cardboard cutout at Everyone Comics uh, for yes. their NYCC uh, preview night. It's sad that you can be replaced by a cardboard cutout. Like, that's got to make you feel... Well, it's it's a preview night, so they don't get the whole thing. You just get a taste. <laughs> well, taste also, Sean? it's Sean that ordered the cardboard cutout, right? <laughs> I have three sizes. He, he, he prepared for this. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not here to fucking play around, guys. This is Sean on Gordon of Comics. We're we're doing this. I love it. I love it. I'm super excited about this. Now, this book, are you guys just going to leave it as a one-shot or are there going to be more? We've been there could that, totally be more. We've been getting that question a lot. We're going to leave it up to the audience. Okay, that's so always if, good. If it's something, it's a good stopping point. It, we kind of we kind of compare it to the movie Alien. You know? Okay. Alien's a great movie. Didn't necessarily need a sequel, but if we're going to do a sequel, we're going to do something really cool maybe in that in that kind of model almost where we're kind of going to take the initial concept and expand it. Uh, a, a lot of, a lot of ghost planet was reflective of the time that we were doing it. We were, it's about a family who are isolated in space, uh, fearful, um, desperate, uh, dealing with disease. So very, very on brand with what was happening with, with our own lives. That definitely got sucked into the DNA of the book while we're working on it. So there's definitely a vibe that that these pages caught, especially with with the mood. 
I think if we were to come back at it, we've discussed it, and we would probably do something similar reflective of our current times, where things are a little different from what they were, um, fucked in a different way, and maybe touch on on those aspects of it. Yeah, because it'd be it's hard to you know we can't pull off the uh, whatever twists again really, uh, so we'd have to like just for the story to be compelled. I think there's a, a lot of story left to tell on Ghost Planet, but we definitely have to expand out and uh, uh, to get there, so such that you know you it, you know change uh, some of the dynamics and maybe even. Uh, some the genre beats much like between Alien and Aliens, how it kind of changes from stalker horror movie to uh, to action movie. Yeah, no, I was just that's the way I was looking at it too. Because as soon as you said Alien, I was like, oh yeah, like Aliens, which is just a straight up action flick. Yeah, you know. So that's what how we're thinking about it. All right. Well, I hope there is more because, like I said, this book looks beautiful. Uh, Sean, I've, I, Jeffrey, this is my first time meeting you, but I've known Sean for a very long time and I've always been a fan of his work. So I'm expecting big things. And I think this book is going to be really great. Tell everybody again when it's in store so they can get it. Final order cutoff is coming up soon. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Monday, Monday 919 is final order cutoff for Diamond. Uh, right. And then otherwise it will be on shelves on October 19th. Uh, and then... I'll be at anyone comics with the uh, with the copies of the ash can um, on October 4th. I'm sorry, everyone comics in Queens. Uh, and then Comic-Con is the big debut uh, that we're so psyched for. And we are in Artist Alley. What's our table, Sean? We are table remember? A17. No, that's a good one. That's a hot then, table. I heard good oh, things yeah. about that one. We've got a solid and, row. We're yeah. I think we're next to Kara McGee. Uh, Fred Van Lent and, and and Ryan are on the other side, so that's that's a solid that's a solid hang. Yeah, right. That's I, good. I always request to be next to Fred, and and it always works. <laughs> I love it. He's such a curmudgeon. Uh, I love and, it. And then he always tables with Ryan, who's even more of a curmudgeon, to make himself <laughs> seem more approachable. Well, there you go, guys. Um, this <laughs> is going to be a wonderful book. Get it, get it, get it please pick it up guys thank you so much for coming on i know you've done like a thousand podcasts i hope you had a good time i had a good time talking to both of you um is, is kevin is kevin going to be joining us at some point it's no <laughs> no oh i i i understand why kevin's at a wedding sure he is i swear it's not because of what he did no oh I, 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 I wasn't planning i wasn't planning to bring our personal beef onto the air do you guys have a beef there's a little there's there's been a rumor about a feud. I wouldn't call it a feud, but there's definitely at least half a pound of beef that we've, you know, I think we've been, I think we agreed to set aside until Lower Your Sights came out because we were both trying to work for the common good. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I get it. You know, I think we'll, we'll work it out eventually. But, John's you know, talking about a literal pound of beef that they split in Baltimore in 2019. And, uh, and, you know, and they, they broke brought a little, their little igloo coolers. And I remember Sean putting it ceremoniously into his freezer. So it's, it's not a metaphorical beef. Well, well, we squashed that one already. That was beef. No, no, no. We had, we had a little bit of a, 
I would say altercation is the word uh, in HeroesCon. Um, we both kind of have gotten into, you know, large displays of our visage at shows. He has this uh, really fantastic banner of like a giant illustrated version of his head. Yeah, Josh and, did it. It's really good. Yeah, love Josh. Uh, I'm doing a cover for... Um, for Josh's uh, Star Trek book. I'm doing uh, Diamond B for uh, Star Trek Resurgence. Nice. Josh is doing an incredible job on that series. I think this is... Josh is so good. He's so good. And I think I've been I've been following Josh's stuff because uh, we both had books out around the same time uh, with Black Mask back in the day. Both of our books were part of this pilot program that Black Mask was doing to put uh, with Hot Topic to get floppy comics oh, into cool. Hot Topic. And it was such a weird thing. The, the deal was they would order 500 of your first issue. And if those sold, they would order 5,000 of your second issue. Holy shit. Which didn't make oh. any sense. No, so, not at all. <laughs> and so we also had friends at Hot Topic because we were people uh, who worked at Hot Topic were excited. They reached out to us as creators to be like, hey, this is cool. We'll let you know. And we were like, hey, we're curious how and then people would go to Hot Topic and we'd be like, hey, how's it? How was it there? They're like, well, I went to Hot Topic and, you know, I asked to see the comics and they're like, oh yeah, they're, they're behind the register. And then they'd be like, uh, can I see them? Like, yeah, which one do you want? You're like, can you just see all of them? And they're like, why? They just didn't understand that people just like want to thumb through all the books. Yeah, that is <laughs> so weird. that that didn't go very well. So I think there are probably something like four to between four to five thousand issues of Toe Tag Riot number two just floating around somewhere. That's on, awesome in a box. That's really great. That's super fun. That's really funny. Yeah, so I'm doing uh, I'm doing uh, a cover for issue two of Star Trek Resurgence. Nice. I, I think this is. Um, I think this is uh, some of uh, Josh's best work. I think if you're a Star Trek fan. I love Star Trek. Definitely, definitely read this book. It's an official tie-in to the Star Trek Resurgence video game that's coming out later this nice, year. Nice, nice. Uh, and there are brand new characters on in this book. And there are okay. never before seen Star Trek characters in this, just for this book. Dang. Which has been exciting. Because uh, I also did a, a cover for uh, the uh, Picard Stargazer tie-in yeah, series. Yeah, which is cool. That, that's coming out a little sooner so a lot of the star trek stuff you do it's based on you know likenesses of real people yeah and i think J josh has an opportunity to really just kind of get, get to draw more because no one has seen these characters before so he's getting to put his own little spin on it and if you're a fan of josh hood if you're a fan of star trek this is definitely one you don't want to miss it's, it's going to be out uh i think late november is is the first issue that's awesome i dig that hey i got an idea for a star trek pitch can i give it to you to give to somebody sean <laughs> uh, only if i could put my name on it i mean well, hey we'll talk okay so just <laughs> all right well guys it was great talking to you uh ghost planet get that book it's gonna be hot son it's gonna be hot thank you so much thank you thank you sir and and, and um you know hey hey kevin i'm not mad anymore if you're listening He's not. He's probably not. I'm going to say he's not. Because Kevin, Kevin's such an egomaniac, he's not going to listen to a podcast that he's not on. Okay, that's fair. So anyone out there who, you know, has an in with Kevin, just just let him know Von Gorman is ready to talk. I've got an in with Kevin, Sean. He's my writing partner. I talk to him every day. So if you really wanted this to go away, you would just say, hey, Bob, 
talk to Kevin for me, but you're going this whole theatrical Von Gorman way about it's got to be a show. It's got to be a show. Well, maybe, maybe that that's what's brought us to this point. Maybe I just, I can't, I can't go directly to him with the apology. I have to do a performative apology that's, and maybe that's, that's the work I need to work on. Maybe you could do like for one of your next videos, you can like write like an apology statement and just read it. <laughs> Done. Done. Uh, you'll be seeing this by the end of next week. <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>